0: Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings. Good morning! On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy.
1: Welcome back, everyone. 9.05, the time. Final hour for us today here on this Monday edition of Sports 56 Mornings. Live and in color from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure. Special financing available. Their floor model sale continues. 2120 Witten Road. Just north of I 40. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you. Currently 57 on the way up to 77 today. A little bit of clouds, a little bit of sun. You get the idea. Tonight, mostly cloudy skies, but the low only dipping to 64 and then 77 for your Tuesday, but it will be extremely windy out there.
2: Let me, uh, I think the Grizzlies, as I looked this up, I, I was thinking the limit was you could only do two years on a two way with the same team. But I be, believe it is actually now three years. So technically, they could, if they wanted to, and he wanted to, I think bring Gilliard back for one more year on a two-way contract. Okay, if they I, wanted to,
1: I would think that's a possibility
2: that that um, happens. I don't know what he wants to, do, but I'd. I, um, but apparently, it is a th- it's a three-year max that you could do on a with the same team on a two-way deal.
1: Okay, I mean, I don't know what his options are going to be, but I would think if he's limited on his options, it's he, Got a nice rapport with those players and that team, and I, th- I think he's done a, a really nice job. Um, before we dive back into some of the uh, stories from the weekend, and, and there's a lot going on, and certainly we'll continue to take your calls and texts on the Tigers, Grizzlies, or anything else, 901-360-8255. That's the Sports 56 Listener Lines. Uh, here we go. Wacky dream. Wacky dream. I had a dream. <laughs> it's, I wake up like from the dream, and I'm like, what, what the hell did I just dream? Like What, what is going on here? Like, Eli Manning gives me a call. Eli Manning calls me up. I don't know what he's calling me up for, but I meet him, and now Eli Manning's driving a car. I'm in the car with Eli Manning, and there's somebody else there too, and I don't remember who that was, the third person. And all I know is we drove to look at one of those, you know those planes that have the banners like you see at the beaches? They have the banners on them. Mm-hmm. It was a banner and the, and the plane was flying. It was pl- fi- uh, flying very low, but there were people hanging on the banners, like holding on for dear life. or They were going to fall in the ocean, probably certainly dr- uh, drown unless they were great swimmers, kill themselves, right? So they're hanging on and then the plane's trying to come in to land on the beach and, and Eli and myself and this other dude are watching this stuff and it goes down to land. But then, like something happens where it can't can't land safely, so it goes back and goes around again, and the people are just falling off the thing; they're dropping in the ocean, and uh, that was it. Then I woke up. I don't know what the hell that means. But Eli Manning was involved in it. I
2: I have I have no idea. I'm not a dream expert. People you were dying.
1: Du- cookies late at night, Greg. No. I... <laughs> I've cut. I've cut out, I've cut out those, desserts. i cut. I didn't eat gummies. late last night. Those gummies no will gummies. Get you. <laughs> I, I didn't have any gummies. I didn't do anything, man. I had, I had pot roast for dinner early. I, I don't know what it was, man. But you know, people were dying on Eli and my watch, and that was sad. Dropping off the plane into the ocean. I assumed they died.
2: Eaten by shrubs. Well, when the plane came into land, they should have been dropping off. Like once it got low and they were getting close to shore, they should have they should have dropped off on purpose well, to, that, to then yes, that would but, be the only way they could survive. Because if they if the plane would have landed and they were just dragging behind it, right, regard, right, they were right. certainly going to die. But so I they think, should have been dropping off before that.
1: I think that's probably what. Well, I can only assume that they were going to try to do, but the plane wasn't really close, and it made it like. Uh, just kind of jolted up again and that's why the people kind of lost where they were but they were falling in the water and they were falling into uh you know because it hadn't even got to where it would be over the beach but I saw that so vividly usually I forget dreams like really quickly I don't know if everybody does or they' gonna hang on some dreams I remember from like years and years ago just like a few of them but this one I remember <laughs> I was like I gotta bring this up man Eli freaking manning I don't know why but it was. Maybe because I watched Eli Manning recently on a, a Pat McAfee show. Maybe, but then again, I saw Peyton Manning, and I saw Patrick Mahomes, and I saw Travis Kelsey, and they have not made an appearance in my dreams yet.
2: All right, so um, we talk about the Tigers and what they've got left as far, and then trying to figure out where they end up in the standings going into the conference tournament. So give me your, your predictions here. First of all, what do you think the Tigers do in their last three?
1: In their last three, I think they go two and one.
2: Losing to who? Florida Atlantic?
1: I think they, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go two and one, losing to Florida Atlantic.
2: So that would mean they would finish 11-7 and seven in I, conference play.
1: I, yeah. I mean, are, we, are you trying to figure out if they'll get a first-round bye? Or is, of course, they have a double. They got the double bye. So they're not going to play that first day. But that second day...
2: So we know they can't catch South Florida. So Charlotte, theoretically, they could catch. Charlotte has USF at home. Win or lose?
1: They're going to lose. They're playing poorly. They've lost a couple in a row. Rice at home? Ooh, that's a toss-up. I'll give it to Charlotte. Rice has played well. At East Carolina? Um... Ooh, East Carolina. I don't know if they're playing for anything. I would say Charlotte wins that game.
2: So that would put Charlotte at thirteen and five. We know they can't catch USF. USF is out of reach. Right. Uh, that is for sure.
1: And now at thirteen and five, they wouldn't be able to catch Charlotte because Tigers already have six losses.
2: We're getting you have yeah I mean you have about seven losses so
1: seven that's right that's Florida
2: right. Atlantic. Uh, has Tulane at home.
1: Okay. Uh, when?
2: At North Texas.
1: Mm. I think they're going to lose that game. You're going to get upset.
2: And then you have them beating Memphis. Right. So you have them at 13 and 5. UAB has Wichita State at home. Win. At Memphis, you have it as a loss. Loss. At Temple. Win. And SMU at home. Loss. So you have them at 12 and 6. And then SMU has got UTSA? Win. East Carolina? Win. And you have them beating UAB. So you have them at 13 and 5. So you have the Tigers getting the sixth seed. Right yeah, you'd have USF ahead of them, you have Charlotte, FAU, UAB, SMU all staying ahead
1: of them. So right where they are now.
2: So you have a yes, Now, and that would be um, yeah, because that would because you wouldn't have North, Car- North Texas or East Carolina catching them. So yes, yeah, so you would have them right where they are now. That would be the sixth seed. So they would play the one of the winners of the opening night for their first game.
1: Right, but would they play in the quarterfinals and SMU? That's that's a concern, too. I don't think they match up really well against SMU. I don't think SMU is some juggernaut. Don't get me wrong. I think Memphis can, can win the conference tournament, but 4-4 four and four is going to be tough. And if they win the three, the final th- three games, okay, so that would make them 23-8 and, and would make them – Twelve and six in the conference. What do they look? Uh, what would have to happen for them to jump into a top four? What, what are we looking at here? If they go, see yes, see UAB has a tiebreak over them right now because first of all they beat them, but then if if it's tied at the end, having Memphis you know returning the favor and beating UAB, it would come down to the tiebreak of of the top seed and. UAB beat USF. Mm-hmm. So UAB would have the tiebreaker over Memphis. So UAB would have to like completely fall apart and lose three of their last four. And Memphis would, would have to win they would need Florida Atlantic
2: to lose one other, um, because if Florida Atlantic lost one other game, then Memphis would t- catch them and yes. have the tiebreaker over right. them by having beaten them twice. Um, and that's would, pretty much it, though, They would right? obviously need SMU to lose... Once I don't know what the tiebreaker would come down to with SMU since they split the two games. Um, I don't know where that would get to as far as tiebreakers go. All well, of that stuff with SMU. Um, so I'm not sure what their tiebreaker situation is. I don't know, um, and I don't know what their. Well, I guess like Charlotte they would have the tiebreaker over them.
1: Yeah. Would if you Charlotte go next? Lost a couple. Would you go to the next team? Is that what it is? You would go USF, and they they both lost to USF, and then you would go to Charlotte. In that order, if Charlotte finished two, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's it's really going to be hard for them to to get a top four. I, it's it's going to take three wins, and then a they're going to have to
2: they have to win out for sure. Like oh, they, no they question. Have to, no question. They have to win all three. Like at seven losses, um, you're not getting there. At six, you hope you could create a tiebreaker situation that somehow falls in your favor. Um, again, that would give you the tiebreaker over Florida Atlantic. Again, you'd still have to get some help. Florida Atlantic would still have to lose one more besides the game to Memphis. So they would have to either lose to Tulane or North Texas um, in order to get down to six losses. You know, if you end up, if you could, if it ended up being a you know, three or 14 tie there, I don't know how that would all sort itself out if you were in a tie with, say, SMU, Florida, Atlantic, and UAB or something like that. I have no idea how that would all sort itself out, but it starts by going 3-0 and the rest of the way um, and maintaining that six losses because that's seven. Uh, there's just no way to get there.
1: Here's the question. Can they do it, and can they do it without Malcolm Dandridge if Dandridge is held out the rest of the season? They win yesterday without Malco. Certainly, I think
2: winning at Florida Atlantic is going to be difficult, Um, but you've just shown that you can beat them, and they are clearly the best team that you have remaining. So um, can they do it? Yes. I mean, they can do it, Um, but winning that game at Florida Atlantic will be a difficult task.
1: Yeah, I think they did just an amazing job yesterday.
2: Lord Atlantic at home is eleven and one.
1: Oh yeah. They're 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 tough to beat there. But I thought they did an amazing job yesterday of not getting into early foul trouble with the bigs that played against Golden. Because again, Golden was nine for nine. But they were able to play most of the game without anybody getting into foul trouble. Late in that game, you had Walton pick up his fourth, but Jordan and Tomlin, they each had three. And those were the bigs that were being thrown at, at Golden. Tomlin at times, Jardine at times. I saw Walton guarding him at times as well. And even though the guy was perfect, they did a, an admirable job. Because they, they did better guarding, defending the perimeter, and they did a great job protecting the basketball, getting offensive rebounds, getting second chance points, out hustling Florida Atlantic. That's what they did. Yeah. Florida Atlantic eleven and
2: one at home, and their only loss being to Bryant, of course. <laughs> Led by a Bryant team that Burl is... Earl
1: Timberlake
2: seventeen and eleven on the year. Um. So I,
1: I mentioned Dustin. coming
2: off losses to UMass Lowell and Vermont. It's college, in their last two games. It's
1: college basketball. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um. So I mentioned earlier about the comments that dusty may made trying to find a few more of those but he was very complimentary of that performance he still feels very good uh about his team certainly but uh very complimentary of that tiger crowd and then i told you what he said about the um the rivalry that you gotta you gotta you gotta give it time to build you can't just Called a rivalry because they had a big game in the conference, or rather in the NCAA tournament last year, and now they're conference mates. Give it time, um, he said. Memphis does a great job of pressing and trapping, so they don't allow you to get organized, and that's what Zach had brought up earlier that that was working in the second half. To beat them, you have to be able to make decisions on the fly. Their length and athleticism and intensity gets opponents out of sorts. Yes, when we saw Memphis earlier in the season, that's what they were doing. And they got away from it for whatever reason. Nobody, I think, has the answer because nobody knows for sure, and I think it's a combination of things. He also talked about David Jones. Quote, he's a freight train when he's coming at you with a head of steam. He's tough to defend. David Jones is amazing how he's able to get in there and slide by guys without fouling them to get his shot off or to get an offensive rebound. Do you think David Jones, you look at these mock drafts, and i got to be honest with you, most of the mock drafts don't have them anywhere, let alone a first round. I've seen a few where they have them late in the second round. He has to be much better defensively, but he rebounds the basketball. He shoots the basketball. He's able to get to the hole. I think David Jones has a realistic shot. Of playing one day in the NBA.
2: Yeah, if he in in you know, workouts and things like that um, shows the ability to, to knock down the three, um, the NBA three consistently, uh, I think he certainly has that chance. Now, how old is he right now? David Jones? What's he, 24? Is he 24 yet? I'll look it up but I mean with with um the way he does rebound it yeah he certainly has to be better on the defensive end but if he can be a consistent three-point shooter at the NBA level I think he absolutely could have a chance to to make it
1: no but, he's 22 oh he's only 22 yeah. okay so yeah so he
2: I would think that he'll he'll have a chance and workouts to certainly earn a spot
1: he won't turn 23 until November 24th um what about Naquan Tomlin when you see that motor which was on display yesterday with his abilities. Is he a guy who will get a look? He'll get a look because um,
2: he's a big who can shoot. So if you're a big who can shoot, you are going to get a look. Again, it'll come down to how consistently can he shoot it at the NBA
1: level. How uh, do you compare him to DeAndre Williams?
2: Uh, well, He's bigger. And he's—he's he's not that much bigger, though, right? I mean, again, DeAndre is twenty, whatever, twenty-seven years
1: old. Or 20, DeAndre's biggest thing was his age. No, coming no, no. Out. I'm just asking you to compare the two because DeAndre had DeAndre's a, a better player. De, well, okay, so you think he's better a better college player? Okay, I don't. Is he a better shooter? No. Tomlin's okay. a better shooter. That's what I thought. And then the motor but certainly Tomlin's was not Williams.
2: A, but Tomlin's would have to be a better— like He has to show NBA guys he could knock it down from their right, their line.
1: Yeah, and knock it down consistently from the outside. And he hit a three early in that game. In fact, it might have been their first uh, made shot of the game. But yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be interesting moving forward again. Can they get— it, it, what's, what's amazing about the Tigers is how resilient they are. With all the crap that has happened this year, you think about it. I mean, this is a 30-for-30 this year with this team. It's amazing the stuff that has gone on. Some good, a lot bad, but they respond. Now, can they continue to respond? That's what worries me about East Carolina on Thursday, that all of a sudden the effort's not going to be there and East Carolina pulls the upset. But And then again, is it an upset if they're playing them at home? East Carolina's pretty decent at home. But Memphis has played those two games, the last two games, incredibly well. And the fact that this whole drama, now this latest drama with Dandridge is going on behind the scenes with the team, and they're able to come out there. Now, Malco was there. He was encouraging his team. He was on the bench. Did not play. But they came out on a mission. You know, can that continue if he's not able to play? But is there more to it? And again, as we opened up the show today, we have no idea. We're not going to sit here and speculate. We we read the rumors just like you read the rumors. We're waiting for we're waiting for this thing to to pan out to see where it goes with this investigation. I can't Weird, imagine.
2: It'll weirdly, take too long. while he was there on the bench, cheering on his team, he also turned in four assignments. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's crazy. Jeez. That's crazy. That's it's,
1: it's strange. Strange how that works. You know, what's, you know what's strange, though? When that story came out on took Friday. took four
2: tests. He took four tests during the game
1: yesterday. When that story came out on Friday.
0: <laughs> I don't know how you can do that.
1: When that's, when that's, he's sick, And he? When that story came out on Friday. Past of <coughs> all. A pluses. And I saw academics and I thought to myself, do they still do that? Do student athletes still go to school? They still go. They still take classes and and do tests and papers. I mean, it was was like I was a little shocked there at first. It's like, okay, well, we know at least they're they're looking into that stuff. But no, in all seriousness, we don't know where it is right now. So uh, we we, we will see. Um, But obviously, they had enough smoke in the room with Malco to go ahead and 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 make that move and not play him on Sunday. Whereas with any other guys that could possibly be involved, and there may not be anybody and. And maybe this whole thing fizzles anyway. But they obviously didn't have anything where they thought they needed to sit those other players out. And well, that's there other were other guys saying. that didn't play. Well, yeah, but Young's been hurt, and the only other dude is who? Sharon font That might get a few minutes in the end? Am I missing anybody? Brown played. Ash played. Jaden played. There, there, were,
2: there were guys who did not play yeah, in the game. They that. didn't announce that anybody was being held. I'm not right. think they were, but there were other guys who... Did not play. The Grizzlies, by the way, have announced that they have uh, signed Matt Hurt to a second uh, 10-day contract. So, Matt, who's actually been representing Team USA in the AmeriCup qualifier. uh, I'm not sure when that wraps up and when he gets back. I guess it must be now because they have now signed him to another 10-day contract. So, uh, giving him another opportunity with the Grizzlies.
1: So, it's obvious that you don't have to go continue. They don't have to be continuous. 10-day deal, and then it runs out. you got to go right back to the 10-day deal? No, no, no. Because this is space between his yeah. first 10-day and then his no, yeah, next 10-day. Yeah,
2: you could have two. It doesn't matter when. They don't have to be back-to-back 10-day contracts. So, so Matt Hurt back with the, uh, the Grizzlies here um, for this next little stretch.
1: Lawn Solutions is a locally owned weed control fertilization company that serves the greater Memphis area. Brandon Holly, the owner of this company, it's family owned and operated. His team of professionals can take care of your lawn. They can do so all year long because that's what they do at Lawn Solutions. They're taking care of your lawn all year long. Check them out online at LawnSolutionsInc.net. Give Brandon a call. Tell him you heard it here on Sports 56 Mornings, 901-867-5626, 901-867-5626. They control the germination of weeds by applying what they call pre-emergence during the winter months, post-emergence during the summer months. What it is basically is something to kill the weeds and make sure those weeds are not sprung when spring is sprung. They can take care of any disease your lawn has, any insect infestation. They're not a lawn mowing service. They've been in business for a long time. They know what they're doing. You want that green, plush lawn to be the envy of your neighbor, neighborhood? Give them a call, 901-867-5626, or go online to LawnSolutionsInc.net. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
0: Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for WOLO and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 mornings. Morning. On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. By the way, speaking of
2: two ways and 10 days, guy that's not on either one of those, but uh, the former Tiger Landers Nolly yesterday gets the hustle with the triple double, 28 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Wow. As he continues to play very well in the G League for Birmingham. Um, the second triple double of the year, he's averaged about 15, 6 and 5, I think it is now. Uh, For the season, he had been coming off the bench. Yesterday was his first start because they were very short-handed. He had been coming off the bench, but uh, but yeah, nice triple-double yesterday for Landers.
1: I I still a Landers
2: Nolly Center yesterday. I
1: I still go back to that twenty-one team that we've talked about for the Memphis Tigers. That twenty-twenty-one team. I guess it was twenty-twenty-one. Um that has four guys now in the NBA. Landers Nolly, that close. DeAndre Williams. And I don't know what's going on with DeAndre. I saw him a couple of weeks ago over at the Laurie Walton facilities while the Tigers were practicing. And we talked a little bit, but I didn't ask him about what's going on. I know he played, didn't he play like a little bit for some Asian league or in an I, Asian I league? No Didn't he idea. play like a cup of coffee or something? I don't know what's going on with him, but you think about that. That team. Four guys right now in the NBA. How about Lester? As I mentioned, Lester getting in the face of Grant Williams. And by the way, I'm From New York, man. He's a tough guy.
2: I don't like Draymond Green, but I love Draymond Green stuff after that game. When he's talking about this whole thing of like why so many people get so offended when a guy scores at the end of the game like why he's why that is such a big deal to these people that they have to freak out about it when a guy scores and he was raised right. like so if you're down by 13 can you score there or is it, like, he was like and then he went off with of the whole thing about grant williams which is just kind of funny but i love the fact that he's like i just don't understand why we have this is such a big deal that if a guy scores at the end of the game we have to try and fight him about it
1: well true but the coaches make it a big deal Right? The coaches make it a big deal. Don't shoot. Don't shoot the ball. Wait a minute. You just got all the subs in there. I'm talking about college and it's in the NBA as well, but you just brought in the subs. This kid who's never shot the ball yet has a chance to take a shot, but you eat it up and take a, um, take a violation because you feel like you're rubbing it in if some little walk-on takes a shot?
2: I, I do not understand purposely taking a shot clock violation. I understand if the shot clock is off, you should dribble not shoot. out. Yeah, you dribble, dribble out. out. I don't understand just standing there and taking a shot. That's what I'm like, talking about, and and that's what the Warriors. The Warriors are the situation. There was a two second differential, so he shot the basketball. Get over it. Who cares? Like exactly. Like, are you that much more embarrassed that you like? Is it just like? you can't live with yourself that you lost by 15 rather than 13. Like, Who cares what the final score of the game was? It was over. You weren't, like, it was done. Who cares whether the guy puts two more points on the board or not?
1: The other pet peeve I have, well, many of them when it comes to basketball, but when... The guy takes the shot after the whistle. Like the whistle has been blown and he's got the ball in his hand and he ends up wanting to take a shot. And the dudes always try to go up there and block it away. Because, well, you don't want to see that go in. He may get all of a sudden hot. It's so superstitious. But the one time, I don't know if it's happened, maybe it has, but one time it's going to happen, the guy's going to leap up to block it. It's going to come down and twist his ankle.
2: Greg Brown um, got ejected from a game against the hustle because of it because he threw it into the stands. Really, he blocked it into like the
1: fourth row of the stands, <laughs> and they they
2: called it throwing the ball into the stands, and so they ejected him.
1: See, it drives me crazy.
2: So like what he, he like he clobbered it like it was it was as hard I think as I've ever seen someone making a statement. Block huh? a shot, and it was one of those things, and and he just it just went sailing into the stands, and they came over and they said they ejected, him. they said it was throwing the
1: ball into the stands, and so he was ejected from the game for it. He should have wagged his finger at the official like <laughs> Dikembe. Don't come near me, man, with that stuff. That week, you know what. Uh, Old Dominion head coach Jeff Jones will officially announce his retirement today. According to sources, Jones has been a head coach for 32 years in D1 college basketball. 11 of them, the last 11, happening at ODU. He has been uh, ill uh, in in recent months and, and maybe the last year or so. Says he's feeling much better now. The stress level obviously gone with... Uh, with him stepping away from basketball. He says, it's time. I'm very much at peace with the decision. Uh, for all you football junkies out there, the NFL season may be over with, but there's still plenty of NFL going on. The Combine is underway from Indianapolis. J- is it both Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels say they're not going to throw at the Combine? They're going to throw at the Pro Days? Or was uh, it just Williams?
2: I have not seen. Seen officially. I don't don't know if Jaden Daniels has made it official or not, but I would assume that he probably will not throw. Yeah,
1: I I thought I saw that yesterday with Jaden, and I absolutely saw it with Caleb Williams, although we had already known that. So you got the combine coming up, and the pro days will be more significant, I guess, in some regards for some of those players with the scouts, but everybody else will be there. Going through the interviews, uh, taking the measurements and all that stuff. So that's underway, and then practice is underway for the return of spring football and the United Football League.
2: Including tomorrow, the, the show will have their first practice. Tomorrow, tomorrow,
1: first practice, but they reported did all their took their pictures, got their uniforms and their helmets all measured and all that. But they uh, will be in Arlington, obviously, uh, as you probably know. All eight teams in the return of the UFL will be uh, stationed in uh, a pod in Arlington, including the showboats. Then the showboats will go their merry way each weekend, whether it be flying to the opponent's hometown or will be or or um, obviously going to Memphis, flying in probably on a Friday, I would think, and then getting ready for I think even if it's a Sunday game, they'd probably fly in on Friday or not.
2: I would assume they'd probably fly in on Saturday.
1: Yeah, NFL usually does it the day before. I'm just thinking, guys to have some kind of connection to the... To the city itself, maybe a practice in the city before their games, but I, I guess that won't be the case.
2: Yeah, I don't know that they're going to do a walkthrough. I mean, they're going to bring it the weird. I mean, the, the two teams that are playing each other are going to fly in together. So <laughs> it's, it's going to be weird. Like, you're, you'll be on the same plane to fly into the city to play each other. Bang heads for three hours and then get back on that same plane <laughs> and fly back to Arlington together. Like it's well, it is a th- bizarre situation to begin with.
1: Last year you had the travel partner in the pod, but they weren't playing each other, right?
2: No, like we we would fly with Houston like we both times we flew with Houston or at both times we played Houston. You know, then the next week we had to get on a plane and fly somewhere with them. So it was a little weird. But this one, yes, you're literally flying into town on the same plane with the team you're about to play. Then you go play. Who knows what happens? (laughs) And then you get back on a plane together and fly back to Arlington together. Because the first time that the Showboats played Houston last year, they were like three or four fights in that game. Like It was like a real, like, there was a lot of bad blood in that game. And then the next week, we're like, hey, let's get on a plane to fly together. Everybody's on the same plane together.
1: Can you imagine, like, the Chiefs and the 49ers after the Super Bowl? All right, <laughs> get on the plane. <laughs> like, it's just... They're going back together. So yeah, so
2: it is a... It, it's a little bit weird to begin with. But, yeah, it, it's... Uh, the whole thing with being in everybody being in Arlington and then flying to the locations to play the games, it could it could create some awkwardness on an airplane. That's that's very strange.
1: Uh, Eric Bienemy has a new job. Eric Bieniemy to become, I think uh, it's official now, uh, but he will be the associate head coach and the offensive coordinator for the UCLA Bruins. So Bienemy leaves the NFL. He will join Deshaun Foster, who became the head coach of UCLA after Chip Kelly leaving UCLA to go to Ohio State. I mean, it's just very, very strange. But here's Bienemy, who was just a couple of years ago the talk of the town. Even though we know that Andy Reid is the genius, Biennemi's still much respected, highly regarded for his offensive capabilities, working within that Chiefs system. Looks for a head coaching job. Several years in search, interview after interview, doesn't happen. Remember, we started talking about maybe it's, he just interviews poorly. What is the reason why he doesn't get the job? I don't understand. And then he settles for the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator position. They clean house. He's done. Now he's out of a job. No NFL team. I don't know if any other NFL team went after him, to be honest with you. So you start to scratch your head and wonder, like, maybe we build him up for more than what he actually is. But now UCLA... And Deshaun Foster say, look, this guy's had a lot of success. Let's bring him in, see if we can put our heads together and come up with something. Because I think UCLA right now is in a transitional period where they're going to take their lumps in the Big Ten.
2: Well, they certainly um, you would hope they could put together a good running game with uh, Deshaun Foster and Eric Biennium putting, <laughs> they it, be the ones putting it together. Um, they certainly got a good backfield if they uh, play a coach's game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. You know, I don't know if Eric Bieniemy just finally has decided. You know, I want to try the college route and see if maybe that can lead him to a head coaching position. Maybe even at the college level. I don't know. Um, I think he completely got screwed at the NFL level, but for whatever reason, he never could get that head coaching job. So now, uh, see what happens at the college level with him.
1: Well, there are many that believe, many in the know, that if Coach Prime ends up eventually. Going somewhere else or going to the NFL? That the enemy who played at Colorado makes perfect sense to take over.
2: Yeah, again, I mean, and that that his thought process might be that all right, let's go try the college game. If it clearly isn't working for me at the NFL level to get that opportunity to be a head coach, let's get into the college game, prove myself there, and see if that opportunity comes available somewhere.
1: We have a franchise tag. Drum roll, please, Cincinnati has franchise-tagged T. Higgins. That was already out there as a rumor, but it's official. Adam Schefter reporting it uh, just a few minutes ago that Cincinnati has tagged D. Higgins. One other thing before we take our final break. From the world of Major League Baseball and your Chicago Cubs, they reach a deal with Cody Bellinger. He's back. Three years, $80 million. Yeah, finally got it done.
2: Uh, it's got an opt out after every year. Um, thirty million the first year, thirty million second year, twenty million the third year. But opt outs after each of the first two seasons for him. So uh, they come to an agreement that works for everybody. I guess the, the Cubs are not committed too long a term and for too much money. And he can get out of it if he has another uh, really good year. He can opt out and and get a new deal again. He becomes the first of those four. Scott Boris guys who are still out there, top names to to get that deal. Um, we'll see what happens with the rest of them. If if this is the sign that Scott Boris is ready to start caving um, again, I mean, when you got to start at some point. You got to cave in at some point because camps are underway and your guys are still free agents. So um, you you're 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 running out of time here to get these guys into camp. So uh, you know we'll see if if Blake Snell and Chapman. And who's the other one? Snell, Chapman, and... I forget. Who's the other pitcher? It's another pitcher. Borges, oh, guys. Um, the left-hander was with the Cardinals.
1: Oh, um, um, Montgomery. Yeah, Montgomery. Yes. Good
2: job, Zach. Montgomery, yeah. See, We'll see what happens with Montgomery, Snell, and Chapman now, but Bellinger is a done deal.
1: You don't usually see that. You don't see it lingering... In the spring training and especially well, it's still it's not quite deep spring training yet, but we're playing they're playing exhibition games. So you don't normally see that. You'll see holdouts in the NFL who want to avoid camp as much as they can, but usually not with baseball. Scott Boris is a rare breed. Yes, he is.
2: And he is going to have a
1: lot of success. And scratch
2: for every last dollar that he can get for his guys. Um he's not very willing to admit defeat when it comes to things like this. So he will try and figure out a way to get every last dollar he can for those guys. I mean, for for Snell and Montgomery, I mean, it's crazy to me that those two are already on a team. and mean we're talking about a Cy Young Award winner. Right. Who's still uh he's not who is still trying to find a team. I'm hoping the Phillies can get him. Fleet feet is the place to go to get all your running gear. Go see the folks at either one of their two locations in East Memphis and the Laurelwood Shopping Center out in Collierville, Pop Third Houston Levy. They take a look at the way you run or the way you walk and they get you fitted in shoes that are just right for you, plus other gear. They've got it for you, whether it be shorts or shirts or socks or whatever it is. They've got it all for you. They're all runners, so they can help you, give you advice as well. They sponsor races. They do group runs, things that you can get involved with. Uh, talk to the folks over at either one of those two locations of Fleet Feet. You can also keep up to date with what's going on with them and kind of in the world of running through their social media, through their website, FleetFeetMemphis.com. Get two locations to go see the folks at Fleet Feet.
1: One of the greatest NASCAR finishes you'll ever see, NASCAR races, NASCAR races. And it was tremendous at Atlanta. I'll give you the details. Or one on that. of the greatest finishes you won't see. Because I won't see it. <laughs> trying to tease something here, bud. I'm, I'm trying. Uh, also got a little college baseball news and some other things before we wrap it up and give things uh, or hand things off to Dave Walosian. Still have time for a quick call or text if you want to get in on the Grizzlies, on the Tigers, and their big win over Florida Atlantic, 901-360-8255, if you didn't have the opportunity earlier. That's coming up in our final segment. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
0: Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings Good morning. on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy.
1: Welcome back, everybody. 9.50 the time. Final segment here on Sports 56 Mornings. Greg gets in under the wire, wants to talk a little Tigers. Good morning, Greg. How are you?
3: Hey, how you guys doing, man? Doing okay. I, uh, I just got something I'd like to say, keep it short. Sure. I watched a game yesterday and... If I, all season, I've been saying, game plan, game plan. What game plan? I haven't seen all of the Tigers' games, but I, after watching that game, I had mixed emotions. I said, it's a shame. This is a good team. They they play good basketball at the beginning of the year, and it's a possibility this team may not even make it to the to the dance. Mm-hmm. I watched the tournament team yesterday. I watched the tournament team. Take a good Florida team that really wanted that game, Mm -hmm. and take them down, and they took them down in a fashion that showed me that this 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 team is a tournament team, but it's a chance that this team may not even make it to the dance, and I, I just really feel bad about that. Penny did. I looked at Penny. I said, Penny has a defensive scheme that he runs. These guys just wouldn't do it. He you know, he has a game plan. I saw it yesterday. When it, when they run it, it works and it looks good. And I just don't know what happened to this season, man. Yeah. I, really,
1: I hear you, Greg, good stuff. Thank you very a much. Another question. Hard to argue with what Greg's saying. When you look at it and you see that team yesterday and you go, You're telling me they're not one of the top sixty eight teams? Well, of course you got AQs, you got all kinds of things that go into it, and it's the total resume. They were really, really good early, not so good in the middle. Picking it up here late. We'll see what they do these final three games. But yes, yesterday they looked like a tournament team.
2: Jerry Palm in his latest bracket that came out this morning, he still has Ole Miss in his field, whereas Lunardi uh, does not have Ole Miss. And he's actually got them in his next four out, not even first four out. Lunardi has them next four out. Neither one of them has bumped Tennessee up to that one line yet. Uh, Lunardi continues to hold with Arizona as a one seed, where Jerry Palm has – North Carolina in that fourth seed spot. Both have Tennessee at that two-line still as of today. And Lenardi has not updated his full bracket. He does his little update on Twitter that he does, but he has not updated his full bracket yet. But um, certainly Tennessee, um, very good chance, again, with what they've got remaining schedule-wise to earn the wins um, to get up there into one of those number one spots um it looks like Purdue Yukon and Houston are probably pretty pretty safe up there but I think that's so. fourth number one spot by the way North Carolina so they beat Virginia was it 54 44 something like yes. that it's three straight games Virginia has been in the 40s
1: yep three games where they can't they can score surprised? 50 points that's Tony Bennett's team by the way your your um comments about Tennessee I'm, I, I'm in agreement 100% Arizona taking nothing away from Arizona. The Pac-12 is not good. It is not good. Whereas in football, it was actually good from top to bottom. It's not good. And the SEC is good, has some bottom feeders, but really good. You win the SEC. If Tennessee wins the SEC and Arizona wins the Pac-12, I'd go with Tennessee over Arizona into that final number 1 spot because I think the other three are absolutely safe. All right, a couple of other notes. Uh, baseball, Memphis Tigers take 2-3 from Bowling Green. Congratulations to Matt Riser as he gets his first series win as the Tigers skipper. Tigers scored 27 runs on Saturday and Sunday combined. They won 14-13 on Saturday, scored 13 on Sunday in their win over the Falcons. And speaking of scoring runs, Ole Miss scored 25 of them in beating High Point yesterday, 25-2. They did lose on Friday to High Point, and they lost to Arkansas State midweek last week. But Ole Miss maybe has found what they've been looking for, 25 runs.
2: Yeah, they had 22 through three innings. They got, (laughs) I think, 17 walks they drew in the game. Oh, my
1: gosh. I'd hate to be calling that game.
2: They had uh, High Point walked a million guys Saturday and Sunday. Wow. And Ole Miss scored all one million of them, I believe.
1: Eli, hold your ears. You don't want to hear this, but NASCAR, and the only reason I bring it up, we don't talk about it every week, is because of this incredible finish, one of the closest finishes in history. But we're not talking about two cars. We're talking about three cars. Three wide at Atlanta Motor Speedway with Daniel Suarez winning his second-ever Cup race. He noses out Ryan Blaney by 0.003 seconds. And then Kyle Busch was behind... By 0.004 seconds. Photo finish, you see it a lot in horse racing, not as much in NASCAR. Three wide, great race, great finish. Daniel Suarez getting the win in Atlanta.
2: Congratulations so to the Suarez family.
1: So you listened. You actually heard me talk about NASCAR. I thought you were going to leave the room. Anyway, let me tell you about All Star Chevrolet. Speaking of cars and some that can go really fast, if you're ready. Who's the sponsor of the Suarez car?
3: Oh, man.
1: Chevy. No, the, <laughs> that's I mean, the kind sorry, of car. That's, that's the make and model. That's the model. I didn't ask
2: for make and model. I asked for the yeah. sponsor. It's, can you look at, I think it's what number Come on, 30. you're supposed to have all this information. I know, but it's not you're, one of those common you're sponsors. you be Dr. NASCAR and bring it up, I'm give me some to, information I'm, I need.
1: I, I, by no means am I Dr. NASCAR. but At one time I was when I used to cover races when I worked in Maryland, but man, you knew all those sponsors back then.
2: Who's got who's I, who's, I don't know who's, if, who's, who's, Zach's looking at what, what swore what number is he and who's is he the sponsor 34 30,
0: 38 something like that he's 99 yeah I was close he's 99 uh, he? amazing sponsorship is free freeway insurance
1: yes free because freeway. he thanked freeway insurance he's freeway insurance
2: the freeway insurance 99 car was the winner
1: yeah, he re- I remember I've never him. heard of
2: Freeway Insurance. No,
1: that's why I said it's tough. I couldn't remember that stuff, but he was thanking them. I know at the end. He's number 99. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Number 9. I thought I'm he was look in at 30s. You, you you,
2: you,
1: He's looking at Mr. the picture Dasko. and
2: you're you you did not believe him. <laughs> you're double checking his number when he's looking
1: right well, I at. I thought it. maybe he was right. Ra- he was racing in the uh the other series or something like that another another vehicle.
0: Carl uh uh, oh, what's the guy's name? He 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 drove ninety nine. Carl
1: Edwards. Yeah, Carl Edwards. Who did the backflips? And yeah. Subway was one of his commercials that he did. So that's when we knew all these dudes. Hey, if you're ready for a new Silverado, All Star Chevy in Olive Branch has financing down to two point nine for seventy two months, or up to five thousand in cold hard cash. Plus, you make no payments for ninety days. Hey, you got to love these vehicles, these new Silverados, the Equinox, the Trailblazers, the Tahos, so much variety. You're going to love seeing this all-star lot and showroom loaded up again. You want pre-owned? Everything you want is here Ram trucks, Jeeps, Nissan Rogues, the Traverse with that third row seating, so you can do more together as a family, military, teachers, college students, healthcare workers. Check this out. You get an extra $500 bonus at All Star Chevy. They have everything you're looking for. If it's not there, just ask Kevin or Jeff. They'll find it for you. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, not Bartlett or Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch. Come on out to All Star Chevy today in Olive Branch, or go to AllStarAutoGroup.com.
2: Texter says, uh, "Did you see the performance from Hagan Smith of Arkansas? Pitched six innings, struck out seventeen of the eighteen outs." Oh gosh, that yeah, I saw. Struck out the first fifteen outs.
1: Yeah, I saw that it was Hagan Smith. I, I thought it was Arkansas. I wasn't sure. I kind of glanced and I saw the dude. It was striking out everybody. I'm like, my God. What a performance. Yeah, he was incredible. uh, That's dominating. He was absolutely incredible. All right, that'll do it for us today. I want to thank you folks for listening tomorrow. Connor O'Gara joins us to talk some college football at 725. Jeff Crane from the University of Memphis at 825. Zoe Goodson from Rhodes at 905, plus Humdinger's Trivia and uh, everything that's happening today in the world of sports. Any breaking news, we'll talk about it again tomorrow morning starting bright and early at 7 a.m. well done, friends on Sports 56 is next. Free Life Savoy and Zach Boyd. I'm Greg Gaston. Have a great day, everybody.